Welcome to the Life After Sugar podcast. The podcast that's not just about sugar, but about your relationship with it and also with food and especially with yourself. So if you want to discover your life after sugar and hear inspiring stories from all kinds of people who also cut out sugar in their way, at their pace, for their own reasons, this is the podcast for you. Because you know, when you take away the sugar, you can finally discover the real sweetness in your life. I'm your host, Netta Gorman. Now, if you have diabetes, then you probably know what a CGM is because you might use one. A CGM is a continuous glucose monitor and it's a little gizmo that you put in your arm that measures your blood glucose. And why am I telling you this? Well, it's because this week's guest is talking all about why it's so fascinating to get the data from a CGM even if you're not diabetic. So we'll get to my chat with my guest Catherine in just a moment. But first, I just wanted to tell you that if you're looking for some free resources about how to get rid of cravings, then I have plenty for you. Come check out the Life After Sugar Facebook page and subscribe to the Life After Sugar YouTube channel, as well as my Instagram account at MyLifeAfterSugar, which is where you'll get all kinds of inspiration so that you can see that it's perfectly possible to live a happy and active life, even if you don't eat sugar. You can also check out my TikTok account at Netta underscore Life After Sugar. And you can also download my five tips to start getting rid of cravings. Look in the description in the show notes along with this episode. All right, so today I'm with Catherine Staffieri from NutriSense. Catherine is a registered dietitian, and we're going to be talking about how to measure blood glucose levels and why. But Catherine, I'd just like to know a little bit about your background first. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me today to talk about this. Um, I am a registered dietitian, as you said. I've been a registered dietitian since about 2014, but this is actually a second career for me. I used to work in finance, and then I realized my true passion uh, was really about food and science and health and longevity. Um, and I have been working, uh, you know, various different jobs uh, since getting my master's degree. And then I happened upon NutriSense, which has just been incredible. And I've been with NutriSense for the past two and a half years now. Okay. All right, cool. So what service do you provide without this being a sort of a marketing pitch? What service do you provide? Yeah, absolutely. I think people are really Maybe they've heard the term CGM or glucose monitoring, and what does that mean? And why, you know, how does that apply to me? So, just a, a basic overview of what NutriSense is. So, we are a tech startup, a healthcare wellness tech startup. And what we do is we provide uh, an app. We have created this really amazing app, NutriSense app. Uh, and what it does is it helps use a continuous glucose monitor, and that is a little disc. Uh, I'm actually wearing one right now. I know you don't have visual, but uh, I'm wearing one right now. It's about the size of a quarter. 
Uh, and it is uh, inserted and kind of lives on the back of your arm for 14 days. We use a device made by Abbott Labs. So we don't make our own devices. We use the Abbott Freestyle Libre. And what happens is when you sign up for our program, you get sent uh, two sensors in the mail and you download our app and you start scanning and you take you take your phone, uh, you open up our app and you start scanning the sensor and the sensor is collecting uh, your internal glucose that is flowing through your body, it is continuously collecting that data. So the sensor collects the data, it holds onto it, and when you scan it to your phone, it downloads that data into our app. Um, and so you get what I like to think of as sort of like a little window into what's happening into your body in real time, which is pretty cool. It's cool. Um, yeah, yeah. How can that be that um, and scanning your arm like you have yours punched into your upper arm right how can uh, your phone read what's going on inside of your body without having any sort of blood sample right so we're not so some people might be familiar with like a, an at-home glucometer you know maybe you've seen someone uh, do a little finger prick um you know they they'll draw a little bit of blood and then they'll insert it into their meter uh, and they'll get their blood glucose measurement, right? So that's the amount of glucose in your blood at that moment in time. What these continuous glucose monitors are doing is that it's a little disc if you if you look it up and there's a tiny little filament in the middle of it. And when you sort of you know attach that into your arm, that little filament is inside. That's the sensor and it's actually measuring the glucose in your interstitial fluid. So you're not like puncturing anything and, and you're not actually reading your blood glucose you're reading the glucose in your interstitial fluid um but basically it's it's the same thing um and it's doing it on a continuous basis so the little sensor is able to collect data for up to eight hours which is really interesting so you just have to scan your phone to that sensor about you know three times a day approximately okay all right so it's not like um, it, you're always getting the data. It's you get the data when you scan that gizmo. Correct. Correct. That's correct. There are some um, newer. If your audience is really keyed into some of this, there are some newer models, um, Dexcom and the Freestyle Libre Three, and there's a Bluetooth element to it. So you don't scan; it's just transmitting the data uh, directly to your phone. So so it's eliminating the scan part. Frankly, what will they think of next? <laughs> So, I mean, someone like me who's not diabetic, I mean, I can see the the advantage of, of doing this for diabetics, but if you're not diabetic, why would you even need one of these things? Yeah, I think we get that question all the time. Um, and I think it's it's such a great question because you don't need to be a diabetic to, to wear one of these. You don't need to have even you know a pre-diabetic or, or anything like that. We get people using um, our app that come to us in all stages of life from you know 20s to 80s um, with all different kinds of health goals. So what I really like to say is, and I, I sort of mentioned that uh, previously, is that I like to I like to think of this as like a little window into your body. So no matter what, I'm always like, 
don't you want to know what's going inside your body, like going on inside your body? Isn't that super cool? Um, so personally, I just think it's really interesting, kind of a knowledge is power, really interesting to see what's happening. You know, maybe I think everything's fine and my lab work looked good. But when I tell people, you know, if you go to your, your doctor, your primary care doctor once a year, you know, and they do a lab draw. I mean, that's, that's one data point. That's like one moment in time. Like, Maybe your Tuesday was really great and you had gotten a lot of sleep the night before, but maybe for months and months before that, you've been really stressed out. You haven't been eating well. Um, you know, you've been going through some hormonal fluctuations. There's all these kinds of really nuanced things that a moment in time, a single finger stick or lab draw does not capture that. So we really like to emphasize that you're getting an ongoing continuous look at how your body is doing and you can optimize, you can feel better by knowing what's going on in your body. So in the short term, everyone starts to see these patterns and they're like, oh my gosh, like, oh, I should make a difference in my, in my breakfast or wow, my workouts have gotten so much better or I changed up my dinner and now I'm sleeping so much better. So we get all these really cool short-term benefits when we're monitoring our glucose. And then we also get so many people that, you know, do these, do this over time for months and years and their lab markers go down and, you know, they're showing this data to their physicians and things are really improving in terms of their risk for you know, lowering their risk for chronic disease in the long term. So there's sort of the short term, you feel better and the longer term, you live longer. <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty big yeah. benefit. Yeah. And not just live longer, but li live healthier. Correct. Correct. Yeah. That's what we're aiming. That's what we're aiming for. Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, this um, monitor uh, or CGM, right? Bl uh, right? Is that CGM? Yeah. Um, it measures blood glucose. Now, just for everyone listening, how much blood does a regular normal person have in their body, give or take? Oh, gosh, that's a good question. I don't know the answer to that. I don't know how much blood we have in our body. Several liters, let's say. <laughs> yeah. How much blood glucose is there at any one time, more or less, give or take, do you know, in, in a person's whole body? Well, that that's a really interesting question. So we get people, I think a lot of times people use the, the metric of the A1C. Are, are you familiar with, you know, your hemoglobin A1C? And that's I'm kind familiar, of- but I'm just wondering if you could explain it anyway. Oh, sorry. In in terms of how much glucose is is flowing around, well, that's it's really dependent on the balance between glucose and insulin in your body and how much glucose you're taking in, right? So, the glucose floating around in your body is is a factor of the amount of uh, carbohydrate that you've taken into your body, but also the amount that you have stored in your body that your body has pulled out of storage to use for energy. Um, so at any given time, it's going to fluctuate you know, at, uh, on any person and it'll fluctuate throughout your day, right? Mm -hmm. um, on average, we like to see um, glucose in milligrams per deciliter, uh, on average below 105, that's our threshold. And we have other thresholds for like a fasting glucose, um, you know, glucose variability. We have lots of metrics, um, in terms of what we like to see as a good range of glucose control, okay. but on average, we want to see it lower than 105 milligrams per deciliter. Okay. That's the American measurement. I'm trying to, I think it's five mmol per liter in Canada. Correct. 
Yes, because we used a different calculation. And I, I just looked it up. Well, <laughs> there's about five liters in volume of blood per sort of adult person, give or take, you know, how much we weigh. And so um, how much glucose is normally circulating in the human blood, I read, is 3.3 to 7 grams, which as far as I know, is about the equivalent of one teaspoon. Mm, interesting. Okay. Very yeah. little. We actually need very little blood glucose. We need it, but very little. We'd think that, you know, that we need glucose for energy, but we do, but actually not that much. Well, because the body can also rely on its other energy source of ketones, right? Um, although that that kind of requires some effort uh, uh, in terms of um, restricting carbohydrates for a little bit um, to, to make the body kind of shift over to that other energy source. Yeah, yeah. or fasting. Yeah. Okay. Right. So very interesting to know that um, we measure blood glucose either with the monitor that you're speaking about or you know, at the hospital, I get my blood drawn, for example, when I have regular blood tests, fasting insulin. Why? Uh, it's not fasting insulin. It's fasting blood glucose that I get checked. Why right. fasted? Why do I need to be fasted? Yeah. So, so we just, we want to see the body kind of without the noise of a meal. Um, well, the, traditionally they want to see the body uh sort of without the noise of um of a meal or um you know caffeine um or exercise or anything like that all of that can impact your glucose levels so they want to see it in kind of the, the body in a rested uh you know state and what's really interesting um you know generally they they want to see it at a higher level we have a bit more of a stricter level in terms of what we want to see our fasted glucose um but what's you know what's really interesting is when when you're seeing a higher level that's showing us that there's something there's some dysregulation right is that the body you mentioned insulin um and what we want to explain is that glucose is, is what we take into our body, right? In the form of a carbohydrate, but the body produces a hormone called insulin. And so we want those to really be in balance. And when they are out of balance, that's when you are metabolically you know, dysregulated. That's, that's when you can tell that there's something going on. The body isn't producing enough insulin over, you know, the body isn't, um, recognizing insulin and you develop insulin resistance, which is something, a term that more and more people are hearing about. Yes. Yes. And you know, this podcast is all about reducing or cutting sugar or at least um, refined carbohydrates, right? I've got nothing against fruits and veggies and, you know, um, dairy, especially fermented dairy for myself, especially. Um, and so would you say that um, cutting refined carbohydrates is something that pretty much across the board or all nutrition experts agree on. Absolutely. A hundred percent. You know, we like to say there's always room for a birthday, you know, or, um, you know, there's, we, we can always try and, and uh, find ways to enjoy um, something special here and there. But in general, um, you can see what it does to your body. Again, it's this window that you can see what happens when you have a Coke or, you know, cake or cookies or some of these really, um, you know, even white bread, white rice versus um, a whole grain. Uh, you know, the body really has to do a lot of effort to, uh, to, to manage the uh, refined carbohydrates when you take those in. 
Yeah. I mean, what I teach as well is that, and, and you know, you know, I'm not a registered dietitian in any way, shape or form, but, you know, what I teach is that um, those refined carbohydrates, um, it's not just the amount of this or the high, the, the height of the spike, the blood sugar or blood glucose spike that they cause. It's the speed at which the blood glucose levels go up. And then, of course, the pancreas has to produce insulin to bring it right down again but it's that speed and it's the frequency it's how often we eat those types of foods and you were just mentioning well you know we need treats and whatnot in our in our diet which I 100% agree with do those treats necessarily have to include refined carbs though not at all. Not at all. I think we just, we like to come at it of a, of an inclusivity. Uh, you know, some people think that we are about you know, a keto diet or no carbohydrates ever. And we really like to meet people where they are. A lot of training as a dietitian is, you know, understanding where your health goal is and, and where you are right now and helping you get there. Right. And so sort of telling someone never again, uh, doesn't really get you very far. So, um, so absolutely. There are so many other ways that you can enjoy, um, you know, uh, a special occasion that doesn't necessarily mean a refined carbohydrate. All right. All right. Cool. I just want to take a quick break to say that if this is your first time here, then welcome and thank you for listening to this podcast. And whether you're new or a regular and you haven't yet rated or reviewed this podcast, could I ask you to scroll down and tap on the stars to rate this podcast and also to write a short review to let me know how this podcast is helping you in your life after sugar. I love reading your reviews. And when you rate and review this podcast, not only does it encourage me to continue making new episodes, but it also helps to share this podcast and have more people see it so that we can help more people feel better and lose weight with less sugar. So again, thank you for rating and reviewing this podcast and for spreading the word about sugar. So um, I'm interested to know how people use this monitor. Um, diabetics, type 2, type do type 1 diabetics have this type of monitor? It, they can. Our program does not accept anyone that is uh, using this with insulin, any type one diabetics or even a type two that's using this to dose their insulin off of. But yes, the hardware, Abbott Lab uh, hardware is used for type one diabetics. Oh, okay. All right. And um, I'm quite active in the intermittent fasting community. And, you know, a lot of people, especially in the States um, as, that I've come across, use this type of um, monitor to monitor their blood glucose when they're fasting is that can you explain why they would do that yeah well I think intermittent fasting is so interesting and it can be a really useful tool 
for uh, men and women, um, you know, that are trying to get their glucose under control, right? And sometimes they're going on a longer fast. Um, you know, some people do sometimes do extended fasts, and it's really helpful to be able to see how your glucose is doing in terms of, you know, when you're not taking in any, um, any food whatsoever, whether it's, you know, protein fats or carbohydrates. And so people want to kind of see what, what is interesting is you can kind of, when someone's doing an extended fast, they might have some little blips in their glucose and they're like, what, what, why is this happening? You know, why, why is my glucose uh, going up? And that's when we start to talk about some of those other pillars of health, right? Stress, um, sleep, your hormones, you know, some of those things that aren't necessarily food related, um, but that can impact your cortisol or can impact, you know, your body is under stress and therefore it needs to pull some glucose that's out in storage in your body and therefore can show some of the fluctuations. So um, really interesting for people to see that when they are fasted, to see that sometimes there are some uh, fluctuations in their glucose. Yeah, totally. And I am sugar free, you know, refined sugars, refined flour and sweetener free for the last eight years. And um, it's so funny because during a stressful time in my life recently, um, my I, I don't measure my blood glucose, but I can see it in how tight my pants are. <laughs> That's how it manifests itself. And uh, my pants got tighter <laughs> euphemism oh. um because i was stressed and my i was not eating any more refined carbs than i usually do my diet didn't change my fasting didn't really change but i put on a few pounds and i wonder if that's to do with stress and not sleeping so well and hormones I, i'm 53 maybe i'm in menopause you know is is that as does that have as much of an influence on my blood sugar levels as food? Absolutely. Yes. Because, because of the hormones, right? So the body is in such an intricate balance. Um, and even if we control our food and we eat the same thing, you know, every single day, our sleep might be different. And when our sleep is off, um, our ability to uh, to be sensitive to insulin is different, right? The body's hormones are different. When we are stressed out, the body naturally produces cortisol and that naturally increases your glucose because in the body's mind, it's like, oh, wait, we're under stress. Like an animal's chasing us. You know, it's that prehistoric brain. Let's release some glucose because we might need it, right? And so these are things that we, we can't control our cortisol level, you know, like that. that's just the natural function of the body. Um, and so these are things that uh, absolutely can impact your glucose that, that really aren't nutritionally related. Yeah, that's amazing. You know, you wouldn't think as a lay person, that anything other but other than food would have an influence on your blood glucose levels. Yeah. And that's why I think we get, we get a lot of people that again, to answer your first question that say, I'm not, I don't have diabetes. I don't need this. And I say, I promise you, everyone can learn from this monitor, even if uh, all the, the uh, dietitians and nutritionists at the company have worn this and we all say, oh my gosh, I had no idea, you know, and we're all very well educated on the subject, but 
We also like to emphasize that this is really an N equals one experiment. Um, you know, your glucose is going to look very different than mine, even if we were to eat the exact same thing, because we have different stress levels. We have different lifestyles. We have different exercise patterns and sleep patterns and things like that. So I always say, you know, you can, you can, uh, you know, watch someone on Instagram, make a smoothie or something, and they feel fantastic. You might make that same smoothie and say, oh, I'm exhausted. I don't have any energy. I'm hungry an hour later, right? Because your body is so different than theirs. So wearing this monitor and looking at the data and having the nutritionist help you along for the first month, it gives you that guidance. Like, oh, I had no idea. Like we get so many aha moments along the way. Yeah. It sounds fascinating. In fact, I've done that experiment myself. <laughs> yeah. and I, I'm not supposed to say it publicly, but I wore one of these things because here, as far as I know, you can't have one of these monitors unless you've got a doctor's note or a prescription that says that you need it. Is that correct? The, yeah. They, that the they, yes, they are. They, yeah. They still are under, yes, uh, have to be done through a prescription. Yeah. So um, by whatever means, uh, I got one <laughs> and um, I wore it for two weeks. It was a couple of years ago, although, you know, as I say, my diet hasn't really changed since then. And um, uh, I, I'd like to know a bit about the values, the numbers. Right. So I can tell you that um, as far as I know, we were talking about five ish, five uh, MMOL per litre in, in Canada. And that is, you were saying about 105, 90 to 100 around there in, in America. Yeah, our, yeah. We, we like to see the average, daily average glucose less than 105 in terms of, um, yes, United States measurements. Um, and we like to see a fasting even lower. We like to see a fasting between the range of 70 to 90, um, which is much lower really than you would see at a doctor's office. So um, a, a lot of people say like, no, 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 I look fine at my annual. And then they wear this and they're like, Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. 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 And so, um, for me, um, I regularly got around sort of 3.5 in Canadian mm -hmm. terms, which I think is, what is it like 70 or something? And I'm not very good at math, but it's way yeah. lower than what you just mentioned. Right. Right. And from what I could tell, I should have been in some sort of coma or at the hospital with those numbers, but I was running around with lots of energy and feeling just fine. So I'm just wondering where these values come from to, to be able to say we want to see between this number and that number. Oh, absolutely. Yes. We have a ton of research uh, behind all of our, um, you know, what, what we consider to be our uh, safe ranges. And I will say that a lot of times um, when you're wearing this monitor, the, and you're measuring the interstitial fluid, you're not measuring blood glucose, right? You're measuring glucose in the interstitial fluids. So we, 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 there's a little bit of a lag time between what a blood glucose monitor is, is showing versus when that glucose diffuses across the border into the interstitial fluid. So, and you know, these none of these devices are perfect. And so we always tell people if you have a lab draw, which is the gold standard, or even just a finger stick, even though there's a margin of error built into that, you can calibrate the sensor. So sometimes people will see this and they're like, this seems way off and they might calibrate it to a recent finger stick or lab draw. And that might alter you up, down or 10 uh, uh, basis points. Um, and really it depends on your, your uh, you know, some people are really kind of in that ketosis 
phase, depending on, you know, where you are and how much carbohydrate you're taking in, you absolutely might run in the sixties or, you know, I've had people that kind of run in the fifties and sixties. You're fine. Everyone's fine. Like as long as you're feeling fine, your body's just using a different kind of fuel, um, you know, which is, which is totally totally legitimate. Um, what we like to emphasize with so many of our people is that let's not get hung up on that baseline number too much. What we want to look at is the trends over time. We want to look at the variability. Like you said, we want to look at the amount of spikes that you're having during the day, the sort of how quickly you're coming up and how you know, quickly you're crashing down. That's really the interesting data to us. And the glycemic variability, you know, the um, that's a really um, uh, much better predictor of metabolic health and insulin resistance over time. Very interesting. Fascinating. Yeah. And so I, if I were the cynical type of person, which I'm not, <laughs> that's a good introduction to this question. Um, I've read that um, when they, uh, and I can't say exactly who they are, but when they change the values and the range, you know, that um, can in include or exclude millions of people as being pre-diabetic or diabetic just by shifting the numbers in the range, right? And again, if I were cynical, I'd say, well, if they shifted it slightly and there were suddenly more pre-diabetics or diabetics, then, you know, they'd be able to sell more drugs for them. But um, that's why I'm so curious to know about where these ranges come from and how they determine like the cutoff range to say, well, from this number or, you know, this range, you're now pre-diabetic or diabetic. So does your, does, does the monitor that you sell, does it sort of give you a little message to say, hey, you're like in the danger zone? Um, so we do, we have a, uh, like a, a, a range, the standard range when you download our app is 70 to 140, um, which I think perhaps could translate to five to eight, but I'd, I'd have to go back and double check that. Um, but that's, that's our sort of standard range, but some people just adjust it on their own to be a very tight range. You know, it's really, it's applicable and malleable to your own health goals. So some people really don't want to go over 120. Some people don't want to go over 110. Um, you know, again, some people run down in the 60s or whatever. And so, you know, our graph will show a line, a continuous line, and you might dip down into the red and that makes people uncomfortable. Um, but again, you can calibrate this. So a lot of it is we, we, again, we try not to get too caught up in those hard numbers and we try and look at the trend. Are you it, whether you're bouncing between, you know, 110 and 120, or are you bouncing between 70 and 140? Like, are you having much bigger swings? That's really what we care about. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so you wear this in your arm, well, or wherever, right? It doesn't have to be in your upper arm. No, it does. It does. The freestyle okay. Libre, uh, the 14-day the has to go in the upper arm. Yeah. Okay. So you wear this for 14 days, and then what? That, that's just the life of the sensor. And then the sensor expires. Uh, you can sort of pop it off uh, and then you can put the next one on. And, and our plans, our NutriSense offers subscription plans on a monthly basis. So it's about two sensors a month. Okay. And does it hurt to put it in your arm? 
<laughs> no, not at all. I think that's one of the biggest fears and hurdles that people have to go over to put this on. And we have tons of videos on our Instagram page of people putting it on and going, oh, that didn't hurt. Oh, that didn't hurt. You know, I was on a podcast with someone a month or so ago and she put it on like with the video on so everyone could see her, uh, you know, her reaction. She said, that didn't hurt at all. So uh, it looks like it might hurt, but I promise you it really does. I've worn so many of them. Okay. So so you wear one yourself as just, you know, as a point of interest and from your own personal, you know, just curiosity to see what your body's doing and how it reacts to different foods and different, as we were saying, other influences like stress and sleep and whatnot. And so you can wear it for longer than 14 days. You can wear it for as long as you want, right? If if you pay for it. You can keep, yep, exactly. Yep, as soon as one ends, you can pop another one on, yep. Okay, so let's say uh, someone is wearing this uh, in their upper arm, they're scanning it, they've got the data, they've done it for, I don't know, let's say three months, right? And you say the first month they get in, um, a dietitian included in, in, the, in the price, right? Um, then what? Like, what do the, what do you do with this data? Yeah, I think that's that's one of our um, really key messages is that you know you can track your calories, you can track your sleep, you can track your steps, you can track and track. But what do you do with it, right? I mean, you could you could just get you could finger stick yourself every day for three months, but like, what do you do with that, right? So we're here to help you optimize. So your nutritionist will be looking at your data, saying, "Hey, it looks like your lunch is really, you know, you're, you're having these huge spikes every day at lunch, and you're saying that you're really tired and and you're crashing in the afternoon. Let's work on that." And so we offer you actionable behavior change. Um, ideas to help improve the way you're feeling and improve your glucose, right? And so we'll say, okay, why don't you try adding in a little bit more protein to your lunch? Let's try taking a walk uh, for 15 minutes after lunch. Okay. It looks like around three o'clock you're dipping low. Let's get you um, a really good high protein snack around that time. Have you drank water? Or, you know, so, sometimes it's about, yeah, just like maybe you had a really great workout in the morning, but you haven't moved in six hours since then. So we got to get you moving again. So we have our expertise is looking at your data and helping you make behavior changes so that you feel better at the end of those three months. And you're like, oh my gosh, I've totally changed what time I have dinner. I used to eat at 8.30 at night standing up. And now I eat two hours earlier sitting down in a calm setting. I'm sleeping better. My energy has improved. All of these action items are, are there to help you feel better at the end. Yeah, wonderful. Uh, one last question I have for you. So, you know, I encourage people and hopefully inspire them in this podcast to recognize that it actually is totally possible to live a joyful life when you don't eat sugar or flour. In fact, an even more joyful and healthy life when you don't eat refined carbs um, without suffering, without feeling restricted. And um, I was just wondering whether... Um, if people are using this data together with a refined carbohydrate free diet, whole foods diet, really, it comes down to um, whether they need to track their data for a long time, or whether just this sort of, let's say, three month input is enough to tell them how their body responds or whether it's a good idea to to sort of have this input of data periodically in your life 
Yeah. I think again, it's that, it's that N equals one, right? If you're someone that's, you're coming to the program and you're already really dialed in and you already are kind of aware of all this stuff, then yeah, three months, you've, you've gathered your baseline data. You've done some experimenting, some testing out, right? You're seeing how you feel at the end. Like, yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. But perhaps if you're someone that's struggling, um, you know, with some health, uh, health issues, it could be gut issues, it could be hormone issues, it could be something, you know, having those check-ins maybe a couple times a year could be really helpful. Um, you know, you do a month here, you wait a couple months, you do another month, you know, to kind of give give yourself that that uh, period. I think sometimes people say, oh, the summers I'm so relaxed, but the winters I'm so stressed out, right? Or I'm I'm sad, or I have you know anxiety, you know, all that kind of stuff. Like knowing, you know, being able to use Use this tool to see what's going on inside your body can be really helpful during those periods of time where, where you just might be struggling in general, right? So you can really get some more data. Fantastic. Fantastic. And did you tell me that for the moment you don't ship to Canada, just in the States, right? Correct. As of right now, we're only shipping into in the US. Yeah. Okay. All right. So how can people get this little monitor? <laughs> um, so you can, I always, I think my phone is just always listening to me. So I always say, if you say our name three times, I'm sure our ads will start to come uh, find you, but we yeah. are on all the social media platforms, you know, at Instagram is at Nutrisense IO, uh, you know, Facebook, I think we're on TikTok. I think, you know, we're all over the place. And then, um, I really would recommend your audience to check out our website, uh, because we have, um, our blog is called the journal. And if you're on the fence, if you're not totally sure, kind of, you know, how can this help me? You know, how is this useful to me? The journal has a, so many well-written bite-sized evidence-based articles about how you can use the CGM and how you know blood glucose and blood sugar data can be helpful to you in your life. So I encourage everyone to check that out. Fantastic. Thank you. I'll put the links in with the show notes. Thank you so much. This is fascinating. I agree. Knowledge is power. Um, but also knowing what to do with that knowledge is even more powerful. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me. This is great. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. All right. So now we know all about CGMs, that's continuous glucose monitors, and whether or not you're diabetic, it can be really fascinating to get an insight into the data of what's happening in your body. And because we're all different, different foods and different situations can affect our blood glucose levels. So whether or not you actually use this gizmo, I think it's really empowering to have that knowledge. And as we were talking about in this episode, knowledge is power. But knowing what to do with that knowledge, in other words, putting it into action, is even more powerful. And how can you get into action? Well, you can start applying that knowledge in your everyday life, starting with cutting sugar and focusing on real whole foods that are delicious, that fill you up and that give you energy and that don't make your blood glucose levels spike and crash. And if that sounds easier said than done, then I get it. Actually, it is easier said than done, which is why the After Sugar Club private monthly membership exists, as well as the 90-day program Freedom from Cravings formula. What's the difference between the two? 
Well, the After Sugar Club is a lower price monthly subscription and when you join you have access to a library of self-study resources that I've created for you with my experience of eight years of living happily sugar-free and craving-free. You can join the After Sugar Club at any time so that you can reduce or cut sugar with confidence. As an After Sugar Club member, you'll be part of our friendly community of encouraging members who are on the same path to cutting sugar and who lift each other up. We have group checking calls twice a month so that you can get the support and the accountability you need. The After Sugar Club is open all year round and the link to join is in the show notes. And my program, The Freedom From Cravings Formula, is a 90-day program and a 90-day commitment for women over 50 who want to get rid of cravings so that they can slim down and finally feel in control around food. The program includes weekly accountability calls with me in a small group so that you can get my step-by-step personal guidance through each part of the five steps of the program. And when you join the Freedom From Cravings Formula 90-day program, as a special bonus, you'll have unlimited access to the After Sugar Club, free of charge, for a whole year. The Freedom From Cravings Formula program opens a few times a year. And if you're on my mailing list, you'll be the first to know when registrations open again. To join the program, all you have to do is to book a clarity call with me so that we can talk about your specific needs and whether the program is a good fit for you. Go to aftersugarclub.com to see everything that's included in the program and to schedule a clarity call with me. That's it for this week. Keep in touch and see you soon for another episode.